1: This. I like the city, I've been browsing, treading water that they drown, my head on a swivel, yeah, it's only really my surroundings. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Smash or Pass podcast, a part of the Smash Accept network. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You used to be able to find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. That's what I always say now, but I'm kind of in Twitter jail, which is just real fun. But you can uh, always hit me up at Smash smash Accept on our handle. Uh, guys, we got a fun show tonight. You know, everybody keeps talking about... The new wide receiver ones and who they should be trading for and with so much going on rookie wise we're here to really break things down on market value joined as always is my my co-host at fantasy nerd boy how you doing tonight brother
1: i'm doing well man thank you um yeah i'm excited for the show tonight because i do get the question often of you know how i do my dynasty rankings and, and you know how i put guys like uh olave before people like digs and, and such like that you know the, the age difference and People don't really know the, the whole redraft and dynasty. And um, so I'm excited to kind of get into the values and, and, and really dig into, you know, where these guys are for well, us at least ranking yeah, wise.
2: And, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because like it's it's great that we're right now, like the one through 12, one through 13, very similar the whole way across the board. And then we get to this area where these wide receiver twos, these high wide receiver threes. I think that's where people can really start making some money. You know, like I think almost it's very consensus and almost chalk one through 12, one through 13. And then we start to get into some areas where we're going to try to show you guys, whether you're, you know, there's a big difference between if you're aging or if your team is, you know, building and all those different things and how we look at how we do our rankings. And we'd, We really got to bring in the expert himself at FFA underscore Mung. Mung, you've been doing rankings, you know, longer than any of us. Talk to us a little bit about your process there. And I know you got some new ones coming out soon.
0: Yeah. And, you know, my recommendation would be to start from scratch, right? Because you don't want the bias of importing other rankings first, uh, because when you see a player at a certain area in a certain tier, that just by default almost wants you to put them there, right? Because it's just so easy to leave them where they are in that particular rankings that you uploaded or downloaded. Um, And so it's a, it's a long and tedious exercise sometimes, right? Because I I think the the most difficult part is whether it's redraft or dynasty is that things change every single day, right? We just found out today that, I mean, we knew that Carson Wentz was going to be released, but that the bucks are releasing Leonard Fournette. So that impacts a whole host of different players, and then once free agency starts, it's going to be you know daily updates as well. And really, I think what you want to do is be flexible and make sure that you know you're going out there and making trade offers because being active is the best way to refine your rankings. Um, because when you have someone, for example, let's say AJ Brown ranked uh, ranked right around Jamar Chase, but then somebody offers you you know, Jamar Chase for AJ Brown in two seconds. And you're like, eh, I'm going to decline that. So where really do you value those two players? And I think it's important to constantly reevaluate um, where you have different players based on the offers you're getting and the trades that you're seeing other people make, whether it's on Twitter or wherever you see these. Yeah, so I gotta respect what you do
2: there. I mean, when I was with Dynasty uh, Happy Hour six years ago, like ranking one through three hundred, you're just when you start when you get above like right tonight, we're really gonna talk about wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. When you start talking about wide receiver eighty seven versus wide receiver ninety, you know it's a, it's an interesting process, um, Mike. You know when I'm looking at things, and I know you know we've had uh, Vince has, has shared his rankings in the in the Discord, and there's a lot of guys. I suggest everybody tries to you know, evaluate their process and how they do that and try to look at things. A couple of things that I really do is I'm huge on tiers. You know, so many guys talk about rankings and there's just such a difference. I mean, like Mung alluded to when you're talking to, you know, Jamar Chase being as what I have as my wide receiver two, and then AJ Brown is my wide receiver four, but we're dropping down a tiers. So, I mean, some of the process for me is, is tiers. And then I start to look at if I'm in that same tier, you know, would I trade player X for player Y? You know, where do these guys belong? Who has more value? Talk to me a little bit about how you break things down when you're we're looking at that. It's just the the process that you do.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's very similar to me. I look at, um, you know, exactly what they're going to offer a fantasy team for, not just that year, but the longevity of that as well plays into the whole ranking process. As far as you know, if I take this guy early on in the third, I'm going to have them on a fantasy team, ideally for the next five years. And they're going to mm-hmm. keep that same consistency. Um, whereas, you know, you can look at somebody at an older age or, you know, their quarterback situation. There's so many different things that can go into a ranking. Um, you want to look at, you know, their contract, their um, situation for the next few years, who do they have for their quarterback, you know, um, you know, where, exactly are they going to be playing, um, you know, for the future seasons as well. Um, So there's a lot of different, you know, variables that can go into a ranking. Um, And I I agree that, you know, tiers is a big part of that, you know, because there's so many players that have that same, that same ceiling um, or that same floor, you know, and they might actually, you know, kind of have that that same weekly output as well. Um, So it's really hard to define, you know, certain, tiers as far as what my, you know, 13 to
2: 15, for example, is going to be like. Um, and that's the big area we want to cover tonight. So I'm glad you, you brought into that because just real quick, you know, I put I put mine out there and I know that you guys are in that same area. Um, I think the biggest thing that I try to do when I do my rankings is right now I'm trying to compare them to rookie values. You know, I'm trying to compare them to something that can be tangible, that people can look out there. And right now I only have two Wide receivers that I would put in, like what I'm saying, and I know, Mike, you've done a ton of startups, so echo in on this for sure, is two guys that I would say rank above the 101, you know, and that's Jefferson and Chase, because we know Bijan Hype is out of control, and he's already in that, you know, one 1.8, one 1.9 range, and I'm, I've basically been, I, I put both of those guys above the 101. I know C.D. Lamb is really close as that wide receiver three in in your estimation, and we talk about him a lot. How close do you have C.D. Lamb in that 101 spot?
1: Uh, For me, I think I would trade the 101 for C.D. Lamb um, if I was on a team that possibly wasn't ready to compete um, straight up at this point. I think I would take C.D. – about at, at value, um, where I have Jefferson and, and and um, Chase above that, you know, um, but he's right where you know, CD and you could say AJ Brown, I think those two, um, I
2: think I would comfortably trade the 101 for straight up, and I think that's a, a principle we've been talking about the whole time where I think you can get a little bit more on top of that. And I have in tier two, I have the three guys that I think are equal or above the the 102 you know the 102 is either going to be Stroud or young at this point and there's three wide receivers i have there in in you know cd lamb aj brown jalen waddle mung i know you love waddle as well if i came to you today with the 102 you know and you have jalen waddle and i have the 102 is that a smash or pass for you i mean which way are you? i know there's a lot to unpackage there you know and i know there's a lot but in a vacuum would you rather have the 102 or jalen waddle
0: yeah, it's tough. I would lean the 102 in Superflex uh, and Waddle and one quarterback simply because just of how valuable quarterbacks are in Superflex formats. Uh, but it, it's really close, right? Because, um, you know, we have these teams with really good wide receiver duos. We've got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and we've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and we have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But of the, I would say, elite wide receiver pairings, you know, the one in Miami is the one that has the biggest gap in age between them. And mm-hmm. particularly with how Tyreek, you know, makes those mm-hmm. big plays with the speed as he gets older, he's a wide receiver that I would be a little bit more concerned about um, because of what he relies on. So for me, Waddle is right up there, but I would still, you know, slightly lean the 102.
2: I like that. Then tier three, and I know we have a slight disagreement here, but I mean, I have them at that one hundred three, one hundred four range. You know, like we, we've talked about it. I think it was even on Smash or Pass episode one where we were talking about Garrett Wilson, and he's in that area, and it's it's tough to deal a quarterback that would be in that three spot. Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic, and he's going in that same area. So that one hundred three, one hundred four um, area is is exciting to me because I think. Depending which direction you're going, I mean, if we're talking 104 right now, I mean, if I come to you right now, Mike, and I say, hey, do you want JSN, Gibbs at that four spot, or do you want Wilson and Amon Ra? And I think this is where we start to really open things up now. You know, those top five are pretty much locked and loaded. Six and seven are two guys I love, and I'm trying to scoop up wherever I can and and minimize some of that risk.
1: Yeah, so if someone's coming to me for for either Wilson or... Amon with the 104, um, I'm going to take the the proven player um, probably nine times out of ten in that s- situation. Uh, I think it is different when it's a, a quarterback because, like Monk said, you know, there's always a team need across the board um, in a super flex league. But when you're talking positional players, I will nine times out of ten probably take it there in the similar, you know, Value wise, similar range, um, we'll take the the proven player in Wilson or
2: Amon. Well, and there's, there's rumor, obviously, that the Jets are looking for a veteran quarterback. I mean, if it's Aaron Rodgers, are we how how far off is Garrett Wilson from Jalen Waddle and, and AJ Brown in that next tier up? Given his age, given what we've seen from him as a rookie year, you know, is there a huge gap there? And is this somewhere where you can actually maybe make a little bit of extra, you know, value in inside? Um, I, I want to
1: say that there's not going to be a huge gap if we do see Wilson stay on the same trajectory, um, as he was on his rookie year, you know, um, cause we have two years of Waddle production, um, you know, and we were already valuing Waddle, you know, where Wilson is right now is where Waddle was last year, you know, right. in startups, so that's, he's on that same path as Waddle where it would take him another half a season to maybe get into that early second with those players, um, you know, so I wouldn't even say he needs to significantly improve on what he did his rookie year, but I think seeing that consistency and, and seeing that, um, you know, I think some people need to see more than just the season um, to maybe slide him up to that that elite second tier of,
2: of wide receiver right on tier four is where I I, I was putting is it then in rookie valuations 105 to 107 I mean right now and and you know we were looking at it's a it's a tier of about five guys it's it's and, and this is what I got to say about tiers that everybody keeps you know people are like hey you have player x over player y y you know, why is in, in this particular one, you know, I have Higgins at eight and Tyreek Hill at nine. And I know, Mike, you have, you know, Hill at eight and Higgins at nine. That's split in hairs. We're talking about being in that same tier. So it's T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill, Drake London, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf and Devonta Smith. So those are your top like 13 guys. Hmong, you know, we've talked about where those guys values are, but talk to me about how difficult it is to rank Tyreek Hill with these guys right because Tyreek Hill was phenomenal Tyreek Hill is going to be aging up there where the rest of these guys are almost that that almost look like sure thing and they're they're a little bit younger so let's talk a little bit about that age gap because I think a lot of people are worried about what to do and we're going to talk about some of those other older wide receivers but I believe Tyreek Hill belongs in here what are your thoughts
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just talked about the age gap between Waddle and Hill, but even that said, Hill is barely going to be 29 this coming season. Um, I I don't know that that's really a reason for concern, but obviously this is where it kind of nitpicks, and it depends on your roster construction, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're trying to go back-to-back or if you got knocked down one-third place last year, if you think you're on the cusp of a potential title run, then I'm fine taking Hill, you know, over some of those younger players. But it's just, as you say, you know, the, the value isn't necessarily insulated because it's a little bit more risky. Um, if Hill were to get hurt at some point and he's coming back in his age 30 season, at that point, his dynasty value would definitely plummet quite a bit. So again, it's really roster dependent, especially at this point in the off season. Um, but I, I don't think it's an issue to have guys like Devontae Adams or Tyree Hill there, uh, despite the age, because again, it's really hard to project anything in Dynasty more than a year or two out. So uh, the fact that they're maybe six, seven years younger than these guys shouldn't matter a whole lot.
2: Yeah, and, and the thing I always look at, and Nerd Boy, I want to get your take here, is is we, when we're doing startups, you know, like I like to take – these guys are all in that same tier, but I like to take that guy who I know can – increase in value you know and i think out of that group i mean that is a fun group this is the group where everybody if you can get two of these guys in your startup after you get two quarterbacks and you get these these guys in that three four bubble area you can load up and get two third round picks who's that guy that you think is going to jump out of this group and talk a little bit about the difference in rankings right now versus what you would be doing in a startup yeah so that
1: like we said um that area is is really juicy as far as you know all these players that could easily increase we're talking london olave um even higgins i think has a good chance of you know i think jumping a little bit as far as um maybe production goes i I know that um they are really committing to him um through what they've said at least coach speak and Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want – they I think today they said, you know, if you want an elite one, uh, wide receiver, then go draft your own because you're not coming to get Higgins. Um, you know, I like to hear that kind of stuff even in the offseason because um, I think that they're going to really push, you know, having him as a focal point of that offense, and um, they don't view him as, like, the one one B to chase. I mean, I think they're, they're really just looking at two – ones in that in that grouping as far as you know that coaching staff um he looks at them but um in startup what i like to do is i like to trade back up until the fourth and i like to collect as, as many fourth round picks as i can um because that's exactly where these guys are going this this end of the the 12th um you know st- uh top top wide receivers go where a dk Higgins, um, they're all in the end of the third, top of the fourth area. Um, you know, and I agree that grabbing as many of these guys as possible, um, like especially London, Olave, I think these guys are are definitely just on the cusp of, you know, the the value that we're gonna see them um at. Uh, especially London. London's my favorite. Um, as we dive into some of these trades that we got sent. There's some there's some good ones with London in there that um, that I really like to see, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's,
2: and so I, I think these are the guys that I get the most questions right now, as far as like, which guys are going to excel, who's going to move into that area. Um, and, and Mung, I mean, we've been talking about London for a while, but if you had to pick out of this group, who's that guy that you're investing, I'm going to, I'm going to keep him off that list. If it's a Metcalf, Devonta, T Higgins, Tyreek Hill, I'm assuming London would be your one there, but let's, And then after that, who's that guy that you would want to invest in in this particular group?
0: Yeah, I I would probably say Hill, just based on the current valuation. It seems like people are already kind of bumping him down a little bit in rankings because he's nearing that age 30 cliff. Um, But again, you know, we've seen more recently that wide receivers are playing into their mid 30s. Right. And, And efficiently, too um and again i I think hill will slow down a little bit but i think it's not going to be for another season or two um so i think at cost i I would be looking to buy a veteran like hill uh if you're if you're looking to contend
2: and mike i'm seeing hill probably about that 106 value right now is that about right for you like i feel like i'm seeing hill there the interesting thing that to mung's point is we have a, a just a an interesting area now now that we got through our top 12. these aging veterans the, the Cooper Cup, the Stefan Diggs, the Devontae Adams are right there in that 107 to 109 range. And to, to Mung's point, I mean, if you are in a, you know, win now area, you could potentially get a guy like Cooper Cup, a guy like Stefan Diggs, a guy like Devontae Adams. For me, I think Cup's going to have that longevity there. I think all these guys in that 29 to 30 area are a great purchase if you can get for a 24 first and a little bit, but I'm seeing them consistently go for the 107 to 109. And I I know I, I talked to John about it a lot, you know, and John's like, hey, I want to get these guys because this is a proven area here. So let's break down a little bit. Is that the value that you're seeing, that 107 to 109? If you can get anything later than that, I mean, it's 100% a smash except, but let's break down Cup, Diggs and Devontae at those values.
1: Yeah, I like... I like any of those guys um, for the mid to, to late first, if you can do that. Um, I would prefer, you know, to to try to figure out a way to not give up like a 106, 107. Um, yeah. But if, if that's what it takes, I think it's well worth it on a competing roster. Absolutely.
2: And um, I think the way it, maybe if you're trying to buy it, maybe it's a 24 first plus a guy that we're going to get into the next group of like, someone like a Mike Williams or someone like a, you know, even a a Amari Cooper or something like that where you're, I mean, I love Amari Cooper. We're going to get into him a little bit more, but like moving that way instead of giving yourself an opportunity to recoup that value rather than see, because at 107, 108 this year, 109, even you're going to get some really nice prospects. So it's, it's kind of like a, you got to, It's a give and take when you're talking about Cup, Diggs and Devontae because they're not going to go up in value. They literally cannot. But if you look at it last year from Hmong when we were breaking this down, their values last year, it hasn't necessarily changed much. You know, we were talking about there was going to be a cliff and everyone said, let's start selling Devontae Adams ahead of time for the 106, 107, 108. Now they're still worth 107 to 109. And by this time next year, they still could be worth a late first.
0: Yeah, and again, I don't know that their value is going to drastically decrease. It's just the risk that if they do miss, say, half the season for whatever reason, right? At that point, um, you know, when they come back, people are seeing that they're going to be 30, 31, whatever it is for those particular players. So uh, they're just a little bit more risk in that the floor could fall out. Um, But when healthy, I do think they'll still continue to produce an elite level and Adams in in particular, I think we've seen is pretty quarterback proof. So I I wouldn't worry too much about whatever the Raiders are going to end up doing at quarterback. Um, And the guy who I have, you know, solidly in that tier, if not above uh, is Marquis Brown, who I think is being slept on quite a bit. We didn't Um, get
2: there yet. He's he's, he's, he's down (laughs) in the next part. We're going to get going here, but
0: I'm just saying to me, he's in that third tier um, and he's you know available for far cheaper right now. Absolutely. He's definitely much cheaper.
2: Uh, Nerd Boy, we're talking Cup, Digs, and Devontae. And it sounds like, Mung, if you had to choose out of the three, you're saying you would want Devontae because he's quarterback-proof. Am I right?
0: Um, Let's see. I have Diggs, then Hill, then Adams, um, and then Brown and Cup. So, okay, they're, all, so you... they're all pretty close.
2: Okay. Nerd Boy, I'm coming to you. Who's that guy that you want out of that group? Because for, for me personally right now, I, I'm taking Cup. Then Diggs, then Devontae. I'm I'm kind of in that field because I, I feel like what we saw from Cup last year. Now they get Stafford back. Diggs scared me a little bit. Devontae is a little bit higher up there in the age, but we're splitting hairs when we're talking about these guys.
1: Yeah, I I still am very much in on Diggs. Um, you know, obviously Josh Allen um, isn't going to go anywhere, and um, they're going to throw a whole lot in Buffalo um i think that he's going to be right there um as far as top wideouts go this year um you know i i like any of these guys i think cup is definitely going to have a resurgence as far as um stafford coming back hopefully a little healthier um with that offense you know a little more efficient than what it was last year um I, i don't even have an explanation for what happened last year i have no idea what the problem was going on in there. But, you know, um, Stafford obviously wasn't right. Um, So I think that they might be able to right the ship there. And and Cup coming back um, after injury, getting a full year with a healthy Stafford, could be a huge boost too.
2: Yeah, I I like that a lot. And I think this is one of the main reasons, Mung, we talk about insulated trades on Smash Accept is like, Cooper Cup was someone where I was on a team that wasn't going to be competing, and I sold him for Cooper Cup for Hollywood and a 23 first, and then when, I, in the offseason now, I flipped that 23 first for Cup, so it's literally like that guy just got his pick back, you know, and that's why we talk about trying to insulate and move around on these things, and I think the biggest thing to take away when you're talking about these kind of players is, is to try to get some extra value to make sure you have, you know, some, some balance there. You have some security. Cause like you said, I mean, if one of these guys goes down that value, we know it's not going to go up again, but with, especially with Devonte being 30, the other two being 29, it is going to start to dip a little bit. And, and that's why we try to make those kind of insulated trades down to that next group, like you were talking about. And I have those, I'm going to skip over the young upside guys. And we're going to go to the middle ground, the, the guys that are 25 to 27. So they aren't old. They're in that prime area. I have them listed at that 109 to 204 range. And, and you had Hollywood Brown in there. And I agree it's, it's Chris Godwin it's, it's Michael Pittman, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown and Terry McLaurin. And I think right now among, this is an area where these are some undervalued, big names that have, you know, last year just didn't pop off the same way where I think right now you, I, I have seen, I saw Hollywood Brown go for the 204 yesterday, you know, and I think you, you can get some of these guys, Chris Godwin I've seen been going for the 110 to 112, he's 26 years old and just has been rock solid, so talk to me a little bit about this group, because I think this right now, and and I really want to go from where we're talking about with these aging veterans that are 29 to 30 versus these guys in that next tier who's that guy that if you had to pick one out of that group among who's going to be the one to excel in 2023
0: uh that's tough because i think this is the tier where i don't necessarily see any of them uh excelling to an elite degree where i think they're all going to provide decent wide receiver two production maybe some flex weeks and down weeks Um, but i don't really see top five upside for any of these players at this point Um, so I I don't know that any single one is separated from the pack for me. Uh, so again, I mean, if you can get, you know, one of those wide receivers that you just listed plus a second for one of the others that you just listed, I'm happy to jump around in between that tier and just pick up some draft capital.
2: Okay. Mike, if I'm right now you have cup. Diggs or Devontae, what are you looking to get on top of some of these guys? If you want a Godwin, a Pittman, a, a Debo, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, McLaurin, you know, let's say you're just trying to get a little bit younger. We're going to talk about it with the real young guys, but what kind of value do you think you can get difference buys between Cooper Cup and, say, Chris Godwin?
1: Um, I think you can definitely, in this class, um, I think the seconds are very valuable. Um, I would say anything from a 2 20- like the 204 to the 207 um, plus Chris Godwin for
2: cup. I would do that.
1: I would definitely do.
2: And if you, Um, we keep talking about that 110 to 204 range. So if you can get that 204, I mean, right now that is looking like a really, really nice pick in that same area Um, out of this group. Who's that guy for you? You know, we're looking at, at that 109 to 204 range. You have that pick and you want somebody that, you know, let's say you want somebody that, you know, is going to be rock solid. I mean, Godwin's in a weird situation with with Brady gone, but he's been almost quarterback proof. Pittman, almost, well, he will be getting a quarterback upgrade in some way. Debo last year was kind of up and down. DJ Moore, we're, we've been wanting DJ Moore to get a quarterback upgrade forever. You know, that seems like this might be a year there. Hollywood, you know, could be that wide receiver one for the Cardinals, depending on what they do. And McLaurin, you know, he seems like he's almost closer to falling back towards that area, but is a rock solid wide receiver too.
1: Yeah, I actually, last week I traded the 108 for Debo and Khalil Herbert. Um, So I got two of them for the 108 and, you know, in a full compete team and and fingers crossed that, you know, Khalil gets a shot is really what I was kind of banking on there to kind of make up the difference from, you know, I had Debo at the 109, 110 area. So um, it felt good. You know, I, I don't mind doing that move like that. If I'm, you know, trying to really build a, a nice compete roster. But uh, I, do, I do like Pittman um, getting a a presumed QB upgrade. You know, I know we thought that he was getting one last year. Um,
2: yeah, that didn't turn out too well. And um, it's that almost like know. post-hype sleeper thing, right? Like we always think last year everybody was predicting the big breakout for him. He started out real. He finished wide receiver 20, so he's still wide receiver 2, still young enough at 25 years old. So that could be a little bit of a, a an uptick. I like in this particular area, we've started talking about that 108 to 201 range of these young wide receivers. You know, we have we have Jerry Judy, who I think is going to pop off this year. Traylon Burks, who, you know, Nerd Boy, I know you and I both gush about him all the time. Jamison Williams, who I know Mung absolutely loves. Christian Watson, Dotson, Pickens, Ayuk. I think this is the area where if you're going to move back off of Cup, Diggs, and Devontae, this is where you really want to start to do, you maybe, if you can get give up Cup, and a second for Judy and a first or try to move into some of these kind of areas where you can really, you can really extrapolate some serious value. And I think this, this is that area where Mike in a startup draft, I want to leave with two of these guys as well. Cause like we talked about moving into the fourth, these guys feel like they're more that sixth round range and I see some serious value popping off with these guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's those high upside kind of how I would kind of group this, this, this together is the high upside guys that haven't necessarily come to fruition yet you know like burks judy you know it feels like every year judy is on the cusp and then you know i mean last year was great for him as far as production goes and um you know peyton coming in there i think judy's an amazing buy right now even though i think everyone's kind of up on on him as far as value goes so he's kind of a a difficult buy even though he's coming in the sixth round of of most startups but um i would yeah i would love to move off of you know one of the you know big guys as far as cup or or adams or somebody for you know a burks and a first and adding a second onto
2: one of those guys i would do that you know in a heartbeat um we talked about those insulated trades and they always feel like they're going to pop out at you but this year Seeing as Tyreek Hill was the only guy in the top 13 that was over the age of 25, it feels like that ship has passed a little bit, right? We've always said that in the past, and 23 firsts are so hard to get. What kind of value difference do you see between tra- like, Could you get a 23 first on top of you know Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson for Tyreek Hill? I don't think so. You know, um... what about 24? Yeah, possibly you could get a
1: twenty-four. Even then, a lot of my leagues are are valuing twenty-fours pretty high right now. So I would probably say you might even have to add a third onto Hill, which almost makes it. I don't know. I mean, Hill is definitely. I think he's got another two years of production. You know, Um, so it depends on your roster construction and and exactly what you're looking for and what you want to do with Hill. Cause I don't think you're gonna, he's just gonna drop off um, even if he loses a step, they're gonna get creative with him. He's you know they can they can easily have him you know they, they'll use him in some fashion even if he's he's not running under a four three or whatever he runs, you know so um, I you know I think you could do like Hill in a third for you know Burks in a first or something.
2: Like and that. this is that this is that area where, like, between we talked about those middle ground guys and these young upside guys. I mean, there are 19 guys here. I have in this list for that next set of of you know wide receiver twos. Mung, how do you break this down? Because this is just the most frustrating part, and this is why we get so many questions with this when you do your rankings. Because if if I'm looking at your rankings and I'm a winner, yeah, I obviously want Cooper Cup over you know, Jamison Williams or, or Cooper, you know, like one of those kind of guys. But then, you know, talk to me a little bit about that process. Because so many people, you know, they're like, what do I do in this area? I'm looking at Mung's rankings and his, his rankings have digs 12 spots higher than, than Jerry Judy. You know, like where, how do you make that up? Because this is an area where you're looking at that next set of wide receiver twos. Talk to me a little bit about that process.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where you have to look at the overall rankings too, right? Whether it's the running backs, quarterbacks, et cetera, um, to really gauge the difference in value between one tier to the next. Because, for example, you might have um, Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin back-to-back, right? I have them at 46th and 47th overall. But even though Rashad Bateman's only a few wide receiver spots down in the rankings— He's at 62nd overall, so more than an entire startup round um, for me. So it really depends on what you can get on top. And again, you know, this is where you want to look at ADPs or rankings that you think your league mates might be going off of because if you do have a player who you value significantly higher or lower, um, then you should try to trade them if you value them lower than where they're currently going and you should try to trade for them if you value them significantly higher, right? Um, Again, you know, guys like, I know we're talking about wide receivers this show, but like a Javante Williams is someone who I don't think is worth a a 2023 first, but I know I could get that, so I would be selling. Um, Or, you know, to go back to the wide receivers, someone like Rashad Bateman, whose stock is down because of the injury, but who has immense upside after, you know, Baltimore fired Greg Roman, and if they get more pass-heavy, I think that's a wide receiver who does have top 15 upside. So again, you know, as we're always saying, just trying to find the differences in value between your valuation and consensus.
2: I love it. Monk's cooking up in that kitchen. For you guys watching on YouTube, love that kitchen background. That's straight fire. Uh, Mike, same kind of question. And if you're looking at this list, like who are the three guys that you want? You know, like this is, you got that whole list. There's like 30 guys there talk to me about how you're going to break that down because it's like, it's Cupton Burke. It's, it's Godwin. I mean, there's so many different guys and so many different directions. How we look at that as a startup and who are the three guys out of this list that you think, man, that's, that's the guys I want.
1: Yeah. I mean, I touched on, on Judy that I would, I would really want um, a couple shares of Judy and startups, um, you know, with his value at, in the sixth round and um, you know, they're, I think that Hackett is was at least fifty percent of the problem over there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. After he left, man, he was cooking those last four weeks. Yeah, I mean they they kind of let Russ play his own game. They were, they were really trying. Um, I don't know what they were doing with him, but the, his usage wasn't um, Russ like. It was kind of you know, you're doing this, you're you're standing in the pocket you're trying to be a pocket passer and, and that's not who Russ is. Um, and I would like, I would get a lot of shares of beauty um, if I can. Um, I like Bateman, you know, for the reasons that Mung mentioned, um, Roman gone. And I think that offense might try to add another pass catcher on there along with Bateman. Um, I think that would actually benefit him more than anything. Um, so I, I like Bateman on there. Um, I Burks, is Burks. I think he's another guy that if he gets the usage that he, he should have, um, I think he's a smash, you know, I think they, I know that Tannehill is probably going back there and, you know, I think they should lean on Burks as far as, you know, maybe Tannehill doesn't have to, to throw it, you know, more than 10 yards if he doesn't want to, you know, cause he's that yak monster. He can just, you know, do little dump offs and, little handoffs, and he can he can get all those yards for you by himself if he really needs to.
2: But Hopefully um, they finally use him that way. Both of you guys have mentioned Bateman, and I actually had him. I mean, I, I, I really do like Rashad Bateman, and he was a guy I thought was going to be a breakout, and someone that I think right now that I kind of started to allude to. There are a wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours that I think you could get for second-round value or less. Um, what, what value are you seeing right now, Nerd Boy, on Rashad Bateman? Because this class is – You know, right now, if you're talking that early second round, that two hundred one to two hundred four, you're looking at, you know, Hyatt and and Downs and Boutte are going to be in that area. Is Bateman worth that to you, or where is he in rookie value as far as you know the trades I'm seeing? And you got to get a little bit more creative. I mean, if you're looking one for one, I would say it's probably mid second, and I think that's something that's definitely worth it because we've seen a little bit out of him.
1: Yeah, so I've seen Bateman valued anywhere from like the two Oh nine to that's a smash. Like the the two Oh one. I I see him, you know, creeping into a late first territory sometimes. Um, at least not not straight up, but like the trades that I'm seeing is that that, that's going to kind of value that he's getting. Um, I'm trying to think of the Bateman trades that I had recently. Um, I actually traded Dobbins for, um, Bateman and the two Oh
2: seven. Um, So that's like moving up up from like 207 to 112 and using Bateman in that area. That's great. I mean, I think that gives you two options there. Perfect insulation and you're literally just using that to move yourself up there. I like that. Yeah. A couple others I think I did. um,
1: It was Pickens for Bateman in a 24 second. Um, I moved – I have a lot of shares of of Pickens. So I I definitely – um, don't mind moving off of him. I'm not as high as the consensus consensus is on Pickens. Um, I do I do like him. I think he's a a freak athlete, um, but I don't think we're going to see consistent um, numbers from him. I think it'll probably be a little little roller coaster. You're going to see like a Mike Williams type of output in fantasy. I think that's probably a good comp um, where he's going to you know have a boom game and then he's going to disappear for a game and then he's going to have a boom game and Um, So I I moved off a couple shares of him recently too. I I
2: like that because Mike Williams was in that next group. So these wide receiver three, wide receiver fours are guys that really, if you want to buy them, they're not going to break the bank. If you're not in contention, it's time to start actively trying to make some, some trades here. And I want to get your guys' opinion on some of these guys that I'm seeing. All of these guys are worth less than a 23 first and a 24 first in my opinion, but there's some definite value there with Amari Cooper DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jacoby Meyer, and even Calvin Ridley. Hmong, if you're trying to buy these guys, I mean, who's that who would you buy out of that group? And to me, you're getting some serious upper upside production of guys that have had borderline wide receiver one seasons recently in Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, and even Christian Kirk.
0: Right. And I would say I'm a little bit more hesitant on Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins uh, for mostly, you know, quarterback reasons for Evans. Uh, I think Godwin is a little bit more QB proof uh, with Trask, the currently projected as the starter for Tampa. Uh, we know that a lot of Evans's production in the past couple of years came on red zone looks and touchdowns with Brady. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that the offense is going to be quite as efficient. Uh, or that Trask is going to be as productive in the red zone. And with DeAndre Hopkins, we really saw him slow down last season. We saw that Marquise Brown really took on a larger role, even with Hopkins there. And I'm concerned that he's going to go to a contender where he's more of a complementary player uh, who isn't going to have those elite weeks in fantasy. Uh, I'm really excited about Amari Cooper, though. I- I'm, yeah. of the, I'm of the mindset that Deshaun Watson was rusty for those final few games of the season. I do think that with a full offseason, assuming no other off-the-field issues, uh, if he gets to go through training camp and preseason, that he'll rebound quite a bit. And we saw that Amari Cooper was the clear number one target for him in those final few games. I mean, he's he. – we're looking at – sometimes you look
2: at profiles. I mean, he finished in points per game, you know, in that wide receiver two range. And I, I think depending which, which way you were looking at things, I mean, Amari Cooper is a screaming value with the quarterback play that he had. Um, Mike, let's take it on the opposite side here, right? You are – a team that's rebuilding, you know, what kind of moves can you make with these particular players? Because I think we're starting to get towards the end. I mean, Amari Cooper is going to be 29. Hopkins already is 29. Evans is 29. Kirk doesn't seem to be getting any respect at all because people are elevating Calvin Ridley. And I think Calvin Ridley has kind of become a sell out of this group too. And then you got Keenan Allen, who's 30 going to be 31. I mean, how do you navigate these veterans during rookie fever, because now's a, a tough time to deal with. I see so many people they're out there like, I got to trade DeAndre Hopkins, I got to trade Mike Evans, I got to trade Keenan Allen, and they're what are you going to get for him at this stage in the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that ho- selling Hopkins or,
1: or Keenan Allen is, is really going to benefit your team right now. Um, you know, I think last year when he was booming, um, when Hollywood was out and. He had just come back well rested and, and I saw him going for 23 first. I saw people throwing all they could at him. Um, so I don't think the cell the window is completely shut on Hopkins. Um, Keenan Allen, I don't know if we're going to see that window, um, all the way open. You know, I think that he might be a uh, 23 second at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would I would take depending on where that was um, or even, you know, midway through the season if you get a 24-second or, or whatever. Um, you know, it's just I think they're going to – they might not even keep him. They, they might, might actually be a cut candidate, I think, from what I'm hearing um, so far in camp is that he could be a casualty to the cap at this point. Um, but I know that Cooper – I think we're all high on Cooper right now um, he's a great sell, um, because of that reason, you know, because Watson, you know, is, is going to clearly, I think was down as far as monk said, you know, and, and he's definitely going to have a full year, um, to get his feet back underneath him and, and to, um, have that rhythm and, and to get game speed, um, ready, I guess. But, uh, I sold him for, um, Dotson in a 24 second, a couple weeks ago, um, in a, on a team that I was looking to get a little younger on, so that's the kind of value that Cooper actually holds right now. Um, and I have Dotson right there with Cooper as far as rankings
2: go. Um, so I, it's good yeah. if you pull something like that. That works. And these guys under twenty-four that are still in that second round. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over four names here. Mung, would you give me a twenty-four second for Wandale Robinson, Gabe Davis? Elijah Moore or Sky Moore? Would you give me a 24 second for any of those right now or would you be buying them?
0: Uh, I would not. I I am of the mind that a healthy Kadarius Tony uh, would emerge in Kansas City. That's a big if, of course. Um, And then as far as the other names go, I think we've seen over the last year or so that they're clearly not the answer that their teams were hoping they were. And for me, I would not pay a, a 24 second right now
2: got it last set of group here before we get into our trades looking at guys that cost less than a 23 second you know there's veterans here that can definitely boost your value of your team i mean i look at tyler lockett as a guy that i think you can get for a pair of thirds right now that i think would really solidify you as a wide receiver three if you're trying to you know bridge that gap there's guys that i have on this list tyler boyd Darnell Mooney, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, Renfro, the ghost of Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Curtis Samuel, Zay Jones, Adam Thielen. Cooks, Paris Campbell, Shark. I mean, any of those guys jumping off to you guys that are like, hey, if I invest here a little bit, this is a nice value piece here because we all get rookie fever in that third round, right? And and if you're that team that's sitting there at three hundred five, three hundred two, everyone's starting to get that. We know the hit rate on third ra- third rounders is about twelve percent. Who has a higher hit rate here than twelve percent for you, Mike? Um, I would I would go with Shark. Um... You know, I think the
1: the wide receiver um, free agent class is Shark and and Jacoby Myers, and I think that's where it ends right there. You know, so these guys are both going to get paid. I think you know Jacoby Myers is a great buy. I would buy him right now everywhere that I could uh, because I could see him as the Christian Kirk of this this wide or this uh, free agent class as far as getting a big big paycheck. Um, you know, for somebody that's you know you fringe. You know,
2: back end wide receiver too in fantasy. And we see that um, that equates but, into targets for sure. So, I mean, I, I yeah. love that take for sure. What about yeah. the, the younger guys here, Mung? Is you saw Kadarius Tony, Alec Pierce, Rondale Moore, Clay Chase Claypool, Joshua Palmer, you know, Nico Collins, who we love to talk about, John Mechie, Donovan Peoples Jones, Terrence Marshall, you know, um, we're, Bell, Osborne, or any of those guys? When we start to get to that third round, You know, are there any of these guys where you're like, you know, I think I could, I think I'm going to take a shot on one of these guys because of what we've seen or, you know, try to flip around there. Because I think people really need to understand how much rookie fever is crazy. Like people are really going to overpay to get in and think that they're, they're investing into something at that 212, that 305, you know, they're like, oh, this guy was so good in college. It's a sure thing where we've seen some things from these players already.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, well, before I get to my young guy, real quick, I don't think you mentioned Brandon Cooks, uh, who's an older veteran who just consistently produces. And if the Texans do indeed trade up and get a quarterback, I think that could bode very well for him. Um, And then the young guy who I'm not seeing a whole lot of hype on uh, is Khalil Shakir, where, you know, I I think clearly Gabe Davis is just a complimentary piece. Um, Isaiah McKenzie has had his issues staying on the field and also being consistent um, he's had some drops and just not producing even when he is healthy. So I think, you know, obviously they're going to look for additional uh, receiving help. But for the time being, I think Shakir has the best chance uh, to emerge as the potential number two behind Stefan Diggs and alongside Dawson Knox heading into 2023.
2: I'm hoping they draft somebody. That's all I can say with that. But, hey, uh, let's talk about some trades here. Got one sent in, MJ Fitz, 35 Mike, he asked me, and everybody, I know you love Justin Jefferson, but he comes to me and he goes, hey, Dad, guy offered me A.J. Brown and T. Higgins for Justin Jefferson. How hard are you hitting that smash-accept button on this one?
1: Very hard. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm taking that, and I
1: am, yeah, I mean – there's not a T. Higgins separating A.J. Brown and, and Justin Jefferson. That was Jefferson. my
2: exact words. Yeah, like you know? I, I feel – this is – but there are, people put, are putting Justin Jefferson on such a pedestal because he has been phenomenal. But if you can move into that tier of Lamb, Waddle, Brown, or even Garrett Wilson or maybe even Amon Ra – I mean, would you do Amon Ra, St. Brown and T. Higgins for Justin Jefferson? Um, are we getting closer? Yeah, I think I – I would. It doesn't feel as sexy. But I it, want.
1: I want that AJ Brown, CD Lamb. If I'm coming off of um, Justin Jefferson, I want to jump one tier back. Um, I don't have Amon in that tier, so I don't want to go two tiers back. If I'm moving off of the wide receiver one,
2: I like if it. That makes sense. Mung, we talked about this. So this one was sent in. We got Maddie, big Chess, Got Rashad Bateman in a 24 first. And at King D 45 got Tyreek Hill. So what do we take? Matty, big chest, big shout out to him. He obviously did our intro. Are you taking Bateman, the 21st, and Chug, or are you taking Tyreek Hill?
0: Uh, you know, as optimistic as I am on Bateman, I think it's still Hill pretty clearly there. Um, that's just a big gap. Uh, you know, a lot has to go right for Bateman to bounce back, and I think it can. Uh, but for now, Hill is still, you know, close to that elite tier of assets, and I think that his value will rebound slightly um, in season once he has a couple of those monster games that we know he's capable of.
2: Agreed. Next one, will go to you, nerd boy. Looks like uh, at 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 the PPR show. That's S. C. Romero. He gets Pickens the 104 and a 24 second. The other side gets Carr 112 and Metcalf. Which side are you taking? So Pickens
0: 104 and, and
2: a 24-2 for Carr, Metcalf, and the 112. I'm going to take the 104 side. Um, right. It becomes what, 104 and Pickens or, or Metcalf and 112 because Carr in the second – or, you know, Carr's not in first round at first-round value at this point.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to take 104 over Metcalf, and I, I would – say that Pickens and 112 are pretty close um I, but I think yeah, absolutely it's it's a fair trade I think I'll mm-hmm. just say that I don't, I don't think I would sadly take one side or the other but I think depending on your team build it makes sense for probably both player, both guys
2: um yeah I think it's a good trade I like it uh Jason Aguirre from our our smash patreon you guys got to check that out uh he this one is I love this one, Mung. He gets Chris Godwin in the three hundred five for Cole Komet and Zach Charbonnet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think Godwin is more QB proof than Evans in Tampa, so I will take that side. Uh, I'm not as worried about you know his volume versus Evans' touchdowns.
2: And he sent another one in here, which is this one's a little bit tougher. Mike is we're looking at Austin Eckler, or and this is a 16 team league. Austin, no tight end premium. Austin Eckler or Dallas Goddard and Deontay Johnson in a 16-teamer? I
1: think I have to take Eckler in a 16-teamer because you need your studs. You, the studs are what make, you know what I mean? People are starting, you know, Gary Brightwell on 16-teamers. People are starting some some people that are on the wire. You know, that's their flexes are not looking good. So having that stud, um, that's going to give you you know, eighteen to twenty points a game is is critical in a, um, a league that size. So I probably have to take Eckler there.
2: I think the tough part there. I mean, you're looking at Dallas Goddard in comparison to sixteen tight ends. I mean, that gets that's that's what really starts to weigh that one back in a little bit closer. Because you look at it on if that's a twelve team league, that's not close. But then when you start to get to sixteen, you get that depth in there. Mung, same same question. Eckler six. You play you in any sixteen teamers?
0: Uh, no, I was, but it was, uh, as you said, it's, painful. It, it, it's yeah, it's hard when you're scouring the waiver wire and, and you're picking up, you know, those fourth string quarterbacks and, you know, you've got those third string tight ends. I think it really comes down to roster construction here, um, because as you said, tight end is especially hard to find as well. Yeah. Um, and Eckler is probably I would say he has one more year of elite production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could see, you know, that cliff dropping off quite a bit. So I, I think it's a fair deal.
2: So I got some fun ones here sent in from Eric Smith. That's epic. Eric, he got, he got Drake London in a 23 first for Olave. I mean, I don't even, I, there's nothing to even say about that. Like that's just, dude, if you get a 23 first in the same tier, that's beautiful. Uh, but then there's another one. This one's just crazy to look at even on paper, but somehow got Jefferson chase and the one Oh six for cup. Higgins Gainwell in the 104, another absolute smash. Except there, Eric, you killed him. I mean, you, I've never seen a trade in my life that has the two best wide receivers on one side. Like, just you killed it. Run. You the know? only
1: explanation I have for that is they that guy, that guy came out of a coma, you
2: know, <laughs> and, and he still thought Cooper Cup was he, was, he thought that Emmitt. But the fact and that he got the 106 added in, like it's not even. If it was Cup Higgins, the 104, I still wouldn't do it. But somehow he got the. I keep seeing these trades where they like 106 is st- on the left hand side with Jefferson Chase.
1: This yeah, guy, it's, it's a, two picks. Hello, so I would feel bad posting that. Actually, I don't even <laughs> want people. To Eric, know that you
2: killed bad. him. I'm not going to say the other guy's name, you know, because we don't. We don't. <laughs> that's going to be rough. All right, we got one here: Mung, Rashad Bateman, and Traylon Burks. Or Godwin, Miles Sanders, and the 402. We don't even talk about those. That's from Steeler Vet 7.
0: Uh, I would probably take Burks and Bateman there. Um, I, I think the two of them have quite a bit of upside. I, even though I'm a little bit lower on Burks than you guys are, I, I still think the gap is smaller than that between him and Godwin.
2: And nerd boy, you've been diving into these rookies, so let's talk Lilo Rue, that's at Lilo Roucher. Looks like he we got 212, 201 and the one oh two on one side. The other side has Damian Pierce, Chris Olave in the one oh five.
1: Yeah. Um, I um yeah, I, I actually talked to him talked to him about that trade um, before it happened and I know that his quarterback situation is pretty awful. Um, that that makes so on, sense because
2: otherwise, yeah,
1: the his, on... his he he's starting um, love and I think at the at that time he was starting love and Ritter. Um, there,
2: there's there's no love in that quarterback room. That's brutal. Starting <laughs> quarterbacks, <laughs> that's um, brutal. So and the context team, is everything.
1: Yeah, but I I would take the Olave and 105 side. I think you know. 105 is still going to be you know Richardson or levis or, or somebody um i think one of yeah. those quarterbacks is going to be there so
2: i think they close that gap there guys this is combine week we're about to record you know some some rookie wide receiver talk if you guys are are you know i want you guys for your closing parts obviously tell us what you're working on but how are we navigating this so your last closing parts of this wide receiver two area that's just all over the board mung i'm going to start with you let us know what's going on you know what you're working on and just a, maybe a closing part here just to to get our listeners in the right mood
0: yeah for sure i mean uh i just released an early sneak preview of my updated dynasty rankings to our smash except discord so shameless plug there and also plug uh, those rankings will be up on fan tracks in a day or two so you can find them there as well Um, And as far as this wide receiver two tier goes, again, I think it's just all about being flexible. Um, The biggest advantage you can find in Dynasty is understanding how your other league members value players compared to how you value certain players and taking advantage of the gaps and the differences between those valuations. So I I do trades all the time where I trade a wide receiver for another wide receiver plus a second or, or a later round prospect simply because I value them similarly. And to me, that's getting free draft capital. And when you add that up over the span of a few trades, I mean, that's how you end up with enough seconds to trade up into that late or even mid first round sometimes. So again, just you know, understanding your league mates and understanding where your valuation on players is compared to consensus. And Nerd Boy, the same kind of thing. I mean, like closing parts on, on
2: how we move around to those kind of things. And I know you're working on all kinds of things right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at Nerd Boy Takes on Twitter. Um, now I, I want to plug that I'm doing a, um, a community. It's a charity league that I'm, I'm kind of setting up and um, going to be a big part of that. The uh, Proceeds are going to go to ALS Awareness. So um, all the money. That are, is going to the startup um, and the league is, is going to go towards, you know, trying to find a cure for ALS. Um, oh, that's so awesome. that's something I'll probably be sharing on Twitter and, and the discord and, and kind of trying to get some movement on that. Um, but so we're talking to
2: close how we move around with wide receivers in general or, Yeah. No, there's that second round area. those wide receiver twos that we've been talking about the guys that are valued in that one Oh seven to two Oh four range from cup all the way down to like McLaurin and those, and those, those guys we kind of hit on. Yeah. So, you know,
1: like you're, you're going in your league and you're looking at, you know, the teams that have those players and, um, kind of assessing builds. And this is what I do all year round is I'm, I'm looking at builds and I'm looking at, you know, how these teams are aging out and, um, it depends on where I'm at as a team as well, but you know, setting out all these trades, and I think Dynasty Dad and I are the same way. Where we're sending out ten trades a day, um, and we're trying to gauge exactly how these our league mates feel um, about these players, and and gauging their interest in certain players is exactly how you can gain value within your league because the value in your league is all that matters. You know, um, how you know Monk thinks about a player is all that's going to matter when it comes to value um, in, in certain traits, um, especially if we're in a league together. So um, if I know that he's high on cup and, you know, not so high on and Burks and I, I have cup, you know, I'll throw the cup over to him for Burks in a first and see if he bites, um, you know, or, you know, just kind of learn your league mates and, 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 you know, trying to follow the consensus and see, how many people go against it or follow it um, is the best advice that I can give when you're when you're trying to move off wide
2: receivers. I love it. Now this this is that time of year where we're really blazing that ADP. People are talking so much in the Discord about the variation of of where these drafts are and everything like that. So yeah, kick the tires, see what you can get in rookie season. Talk talk with your league mates, get it going. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Still working on that like closing.